welcome to another episode of Let's Hooker. On this week's episode, I sat down with comedian Vishal Kalyanasundaram to talk about everything from comedy to Vishal's time on Indian matchmaking to restorative justice and racist Danish policies. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please join my Patreon for more content. Comment and rate this episode and follow us on social media. Thank you. Welcome to Let's Hookah. Today we have Vishal Kal. I probably should have checked your last name with you. Is that yeah, how you say you it? You could say Vishal Kal. How do you actually say your whole full name? Can you you want to try? I need I need to see it. I, uh, you want my wallet and then you can take a look. Okay, and then- <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Oh my God, I'm being tested now like a white person. Have you not seen my bits about it? <laughs> I actually haven't. Yeah, okay. I don't really do that bit, but... Kalyana Sundaram. Okay, that was pretty decent. Yeah? Yeah, as a How brown you- person, you could have done better, but I'm holding you to a higher standard. Okay, Kalyana Sundaram. <laughs> All right, now, now, stop trying to flex. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say it? <laughs> That's prob- You said it better than me, probably. <laughs> Kalyana Sundaram. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That sounds like a white, white format of that name. <laughs> yeah, I try to uh, Americanize it for the people. Uh, I get that. I... My... Full name is impossible to to Americanize, to Anglicize in any way. Yeah. Because it's a, you know, it's Jansu, but that's a C. Yeah. So everyone reads it Kansu. Yeah, I so was confused about it for a while. There's no one I can, like, there's no way I can make it easy for people. Yeah. Why is it Jansu? Why, not, why did they, when they Americanize it, why don't they just change it to a J? Well, the thing is, it's Turkish alphabet, which is still like, you know, the same letters. Okay. But pronunciation is different. And I think it's because in the, um, the, I'm just making this up, but I think it's true. In the early uh, 20th century, when they went from Ottoman Empire yeah. to the Turkish Republic, they also switched to, well, earlier than that, they switched to an uh, like Latin alphabet. Okay. So they switched from Al- Arabic to Latin. And when they did that, I think they just didn't realize that the J, that the J was not a C. I literally just think that when they just, because the language was Turkish, yeah. but the letters were Arabic. So when they went from Arabic letters to Latin letters, they just chose the C to be a J. Okay. And they just didn't consult anyone probably. Wait, so in Turkey, if I walk around, I will see like... Loads of J- Cs that are J. But okay, but all the other letters are like American letters or what do you call it? Latin? Latin, what, yeah. yeah I, classic American to think... Like we invented that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, those are, America was not even a country until so recently. I think. Yeah. yeah, neither was Turkey, dude. Well, Turkey. Well, there was the Ottomans there for a very long time. Yeah, there was there was stuff here before it was America, except there was <laughs> <laughs> there was another knowledge. Yeah, there there was like a hundred other countries. <laughs> true. Wait, does anyone know how far back the Native Americans go? Oh, I don't know how far back. I remember they like crossed over from like Asia over like through Alaska and Canada, right? Oh, like pre-Pangea or what? Uh, no, no, not pre-Pangea. After they they crossed through the Bering Strait. How did they come over pre-Pangea? That was so stupid. Yeah, I was like, I mean, <laughs> what? they wouldn't they come over. They would already just be there. They were all just kind of like <laughs> walking around in circles, I guess. <laughs> Wait, yeah, there were no humans then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're a scientist I and not a historian. I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think a scientist would understand biology. Okay, I'll start this up. Well, okay, Vishal. Yes. You're a comedian. You're a comedian. I know. I know uh, you are, but what am I? <laughs> are you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> you identify as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do. 
Oh, so tell us where you started while I start the hookah. Okay. Started comedy. I started comedy out in, in uh, San Francisco, the Bay Area. Shout out to the Bay Area. Uh, yeah. And then I moved to New York about a year ago. A year ago over to Labor do comedy. Day. Uh, to uh, do- yeah. I mean, also life. Like, I always wanted to live in New York. And then comedy kind of sweetened the deal. Right. But I will say, I don't know what your experience was like. When I first moved out here, it was just so overwhelming. Like, because when you start out in a comedy scene, it's like a lot. But after a while in the Bay, I was pretty comfortable. Right. I knew everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then I come out here and I had a couple friends, but like to go to Mike's and not know anybody, it's, it's, it kind of pushed me away from comedy for a little bit. Cause I was like, I'm not ready to like redo all this. Right. I didn't have that hustle immediately. Yeah. Also, you kind of feel it's kind of a slap in the face, right? Because you yeah. feel kind of established where you were. Yeah, you yeah, come yeah. back and everyone's like, "Who are you? Go Exi- back to go back to like day one, essentially." Yeah, for sure. And you're like, "I did all these things, but I know what I'm doing." You're like, yeah. "No, go back to the open mics." Yep, it doesn't I, mean shit. I did two open mics, and I was like, "No, yeah, I can't." And so you told me that you don't really do mics that much anymore, which is good. I, I had to humble myself. I was like, all right, let me just fucking mic all the time and Yeah, start I'm over. too much of a narcissist to humble myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was. And then I realized like, what do I would I rather be narcissistic or actually like start doing comedy and getting spots? Okay, so did you actually Yeah. Did you actually find that um doing open mics helped you? Yeah, I think in a couple ways. I think you were out in like the London scene or what, what scene yeah, are you? London, yeah, London mainly. Um, how did you feel was like the quality of that scene compared to like New York comedy? Hmm, interesting. Because when I first got here, I was like, wow, this is really crude and it's like raunchy and it's not very clever is mm. often what I thought. Like there aren't layers to it. It's just people talking and telling stories that they just wrote on the subway on the way here. Sure. Like, tell me something that shows intelligence, like intelligent writing is what I was kind of, they call it cerebral here. I have heard that about uh, British comedy is it's a lot more, yeah, like clever, dry, that kind of stuff. And that's because I was used to that. I didn't immediately appreciate the U.S. style of comedy. I knew of it, right? Because I grew up on this kind of comedy before. Um, but not the people who are still in progress. Mostly the big guys that I would have seen online. But yeah, so that was that was a, that was a bit of a challenge. What do you think of the hookah? It's good. It's yeah? smooth. It's flavorful. Hell yeah. It's full-bodied. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Because <laughs> like whenever I smoke hookah, I'm already like, fucked up or on my way to getting fucked up really well i never smoke kuga ha- casually on a monday afternoon it's always like a <laughs> thursday night you know we're getting some beers in it's usually pretty shitty but this is good yeah that's the difference between doing hookah as a going out thing versus hookah as a part of your life right the ones that are part mm. of your life is good quality it needs yeah. to be this is like the malbec of hookahs but i'm out there drinking boxed wine hookah <laughs> <laughs> malbec okay not south blanc cool so blanc is white? Mm. Or, no, it's red. 
I don't know anything about wine. Okay, right, <laughs> I just made right. up uh, <laughs> one that sounded good. Malbec uh, sounds good. Malbec sounds good, yeah. Or Bordeaux sounds good. But, so this is, you said it's full-bodied. I would say it's a Bordeaux. Okay, now it's not trying to flex on me. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm a degenerate. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. <laughs> you are an engineer. You actually make things. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. software, right? <laughs> yeah, so not really. <laughs> How does it feel to be a stereotype? To be out, <laughs> it fe- it feels bad until I realize I'm not poor all the time. So then it feels pretty good. That's <laughs> nice. The only thing that is like kind of shitty is that every time I talk to my mom about my career and like when I was younger, I was like so anti wanting to do computer science and she pushed me to do it. And then I'm like, fine, you're right. Okay. All my non-engineer friends are kind of broke and poor. So. Right. What did they do? Science? <laughs> uh well what do other people i feel like it is like just hard to make a lifestyle in a lot of things anyway if you're not doing engineering i will be the first person to say if you work in tech you are grossly overpaid um and that but that's like the world we live in now you know you think you are overpaid in tech? oh i'm way overpaid i think like the hardest jobs are the ones that get paid the least dude i think teachers need to get paid way oh, more absolutely uh, yeah. yeah people that work in medicine work really hard but mm. they don't get paid a ton unless you're right. like a doctor yeah yeah and even for doctors like internal medicine doctors don't get paid even just a fraction of someone who does like uh plastic surgery mm-hmm. right i was looking this up the other day like the hardest specialties in medicine. Yeah. Apparently plastic surgery is the hardest and I didn't realize that. Is it is it harder or is it just more competitive? Like um, fewer more people apply for it because it's more lucrative. Ooh, it it could be it could be both. I've heard okay. like the the plastic stuff, not like the general cosmetic stuff, but like the skin grafting mm. and that stuff is like really hard. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah cuz it's also the technology is also still growing mm. in that space. Like I would think, like neurosurgery would be the hardest, but it's probably yeah. It's, it was yeah. like number one or number two with, right. the, with plastic and, and neuro. That's so surprising. To yeah, me. I was very yeah. surprised. Why did you look this up? Why did I look it up? Um, I don't. I look up random shit. I was just like, I just wanted to know what the hardest <laughs> okay. like specialty was, so I could shit on my other friends who are right. like internal medicine. <laughs> I'm like, I, I found a Quora answer that proves your no. I don't know. <laughs> I have one. I have one friend who does inter. He's what applying. is internal medicine? I don't even. It's know. just a general doctor, like a primary care doctor. Yeah, I have heard those guys are dumb. I mean, that's what you think, right? Because right. they literally just Google your symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for real, I'm laughing because I'm like. Oh, wait. Yeah, they do they do that. They do do that. Yeah, I've seen that so many times. I'm like, I already did that before I came <laughs> right. in here. I know I have cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and WebMD told me everything I needed to know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. And, then, and they're also the people at a hospital, I think. You know, like the ER people mm. are also internal medicine, which is which seems oh, like... that seems hard. That seems harder. Yeah. But they they don't actually... They also just refer you to the right place, right? They don't. Yes. So I'm I'm not sure exactly what they do. Yeah. I haven't been to ER since I was like 16 and, and like injured my arm. Right. Well, you can hop in an ER and they could be like, oh, we got to order some scans or something or they got to like stitch you up. I guess that stuff's not like, not right. like super hard. Right. Like, oh, I hurt myself. Okay. Yeah. Let's put you in a scanner. And then yeah. they don't have to scan you. Someone yeah. else does it. And another doctor looks at the scans. Right. Oh, yeah. And like the person doing the scans, doing all the hard work and they don't get paid shit. Yeah. All the assistants. Yeah. 
the radiologists, the, oh, yeah. the technicians and the, yeah, the, all those lab people. Oh, the other day I went to, I went to get my annual done. Is okay. TMI. I don't know Which why I'm I, I, this. N- no one's ever learned anything of value in an annual exam, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I went and I was like, this is my first time going to a doctor in this country. Okay. So I was like, okay, I get an annual through my health insurance. I guess I have to do it. So I went and, you know, this person came and asked me those questions. And then afterwards they were doing some blood samples. And I found out that there wasn't even a doctor <laughs> that had done that. It was a nurse practitioner. Yeah, they do like, all the hard fucking work. I was like, why is that even a job? <laughs> you have nurses, you have doctors. What is a nurse practitioner? I, so I was looking into this because my ex was uh, interested in being a physician assistant. And so that's like a, a thing they have here is like mid-level healthcare practitioners where you're like, it's like physician assistants, nurse practitioners where you're not a doctor and you're not a nurse, but you do like all the major doctor shit besides like a couple things. So someone's redundant here, right? And it's the doctors. It's, what, it's the doctors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to alienate a lot of people with this. <laughs> hey, it's your podcast. <laughs> I'll post it. I'll say Michelle said that. <laughs> You're already evil now, right? You know uh, to be yeah, evil. So. Do it. <laughs> I'm pro like the underdogs in society getting their uh, fair yeah. share. And I think the, the mid-levels, I'm standing up for the mid-levels, dude. <laughs> fuck, fuck the doctors. What, what about the bottom, bottom level? Oh, the nurses? Is that the, the oh, lowest? No, what is, what is lower at a hospital? Uh, like the the administ the administrative assistant, the like uh, the front desk lady. Oh, the ones who are always angry at you. Yeah, yeah. And they're old. Yeah, yeah. That seems that seems like the job that you wouldn't want to do. Yeah. I don't know, but people do it. So yeah, I hopefully they enjoy it. That's a question no, I asked. I don't think no, they, okay. No. <laughs> That's so sad. I don't want to. I I know that there are so many people that hate their jobs, but that makes me so sad to think that. Do you hate your job? No, I don't. I love it. I love both the jobs I do. Right. Okay. Right. Um, you still want to leave your job, or do we? Can hey, we not say on, this? We can't talk right. about this. I don't want right. to guess. We'll edit this part. Edit, edit this part. Edit, <laughs> all right. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you love your job. I love my job. That's it's good great. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What about you? Do you like your job? No. Okay. Can we say that on the podcast? I think so. Yeah. Okay. None of my coworkers follow me on Insta, so I don't care. Do they know you do comedy? I, dude, I am so low key at my current job. I think my manager, I brought it up like once, maybe, because I had to, but like we don't really talk about it. If I have to travel for comedy, I don't really mention it. I'm just like, oh, I'm traveling. Okay. But you um, have to take time off work. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I got to go to like this other state. Okay. And they don't like, they, he's pretty good about not prying if I like don't offer info. That's uh, nice. None of my coworkers in my like 40 person team even know I went on the show. I also didn't tell Google. Do they not watch? <laughs> no, it, dude, I, I'm, I'm blessed, dude. Like, I'm, this is the first time I've had like in my greater team, none of them are. It's only white people? <laughs> <laughs> it's that great. Is, wait, you work for Google? Yeah. And there are no Indians on your team. Dude, I am in the one or. What is that? Is this a parallel universe you work in? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I literally joined this team because um, wow. the one girl who I'm like, uh, I joined the New York office and that you get like a transfer mentor and she was working on this team. She's just like white girl. She's, I told her that I did the show, but no one else. But when we first caught up, uh, we were just getting lunch. And she's like, yeah, like I love my, my team because I don't have to work very hard. And like, I'm just kind of coasting. And I'm like, sign me up for that team. And I transferred over two months later. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just coaxing and just doing nothing at Google. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Is you want it, a referral? <laughs> at Google? What can I do? What kind of job can I do at Google? Do they got like health sciences shit here? They do? Here yeah. in New York? Yeah. Like what? Like what? What What do those people do? Uh, You know, Verily? It's no. like one of the alphabet companies. I know a guy who's oh, a product okay. manager there. Okay. And they do like, you know, there's doing a lot of like diabetes things lately. I, I have a friend of mine just got a job. I don't know if it was at Alphabet or Meta. But he's a psychologist. He does like social psychology, but AI stuff. Sounds so like something like, Facebook would do. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think he works for Meta. He has like, he's gone from being a postdoc to getting the cushiest job ever. Yeah. So last time we went for dinner, he was like, oh, it's on me. I was like, yeah, bitch, I know it is. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to go for my, yeah, no, it was, it's one of those. I, I could consider, I don't think I have the skills to go into tech, but biotech. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Okay. They say there's no universal basic income available in the United States, but really it's just like join a tech company <laughs> and get a cushy job. I think that's, uh, it. that's That's good. That's yeah. good. I'll go for that. I'll go for that. <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? Oh, because we mentioned the show, but we, we haven't introduced what that was. So you were on Indian matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I haven't watched it. That's probably for the best. Okay. <laughs> you you didn't do your research? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do my research. I wanted to just know it from... The horse's mouth? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, That's you can call expression. me the, the horse. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, What was the show about? What motivated you to go on the show? What was the show about? Yeah. Like the premise of the yeah, show. Yeah, just for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the premise of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of the show is that there's a there's an old Indian lady. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> the auntie. Yeah. yeah. See my auntie. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, it's like, you know, Indian folk, South Asian folk who are looking for love and, you know, what if you tried like this way of right. finding a partner? What's weird is that like there's two seasons. Uh, I, I was uh, in the second season. I feel like more people were fine. She was like there, but like also they were like doing – like she didn't match me up with the person I ended up going out with. We just met at one of the – Events oh, really? for the show, and then yeah, no the the auntie actively discouraged her from dating me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, wh why? We had an age gap. I, I think was her big thing. She was older. Yeah, she was older. So oh, okay, I was twenty six and she was thirty three, and uh, she told the matchmaking lady that, and she was like, "You're not, you're not Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. It's not gonna <laughs> work out." And she was like, "We are," and it didn't work out. But <laughs> okay, so uh, who did she want to match up with? Do you know? No, I don't know. Cause then, um, yeah, I, cause like we hit it off at the first event okay. and so she, I never got a chance to be match made. Okay. So wait, it, you select someone and then you date them. And is that the, is that what the show is about? I guess it was very like loosey goosey. It okay. was just, so, I mean, when I like was going through the process of like applying and stuff and I uh, there, I was like, all right, like, just let me know what you need me to do. And they were like, Hey, we actually have a lot of people in the New York area. Hmm. Uh, just like, we're going to throw a mixer and just come to the mixer and like hang out. And I didn't even think about it in like a dating sense. I was like, Oh, this is like a pre event. I didn't realize that there was like, you know, hmm. actually the opportunity to meet someone, but yeah, but then you did. Did you, when you met, um, what's the name of the Nadia? Person? Nadia, when you oh, I've heard that so many times now. Oh yeah, Should've, from where? From the internet. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, like what you did. It was like Michelle versus Nadia, right? That was like a whole thing. <laughs> like you versus. did, you, you did her dirty. Like who's gonna? Who's the better person in this? Was the conversation? Oh yeah. Saying. What are your thoughts? Okay. 
I only know that you come off as a villain. Ah, uh, yeah. Is all I know yeah. about this. Um, and that you flew to flew somewhere to break up with her. Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really do want to hear the story now. Now that sounds like we're gossiping, but the whole world knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I could have just watched the show. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so when you go to when you went to that mixer, did you was there part of you that was like, oh, I just like this girl, I just want to hang out with her separately and not do the show? Was that ever did that ever cross your mind or? Um, I mean, so we we did hang out a bunch of times. That so the way it was different than like other shows. And it was not like not like The Bachelor where they're like filming you all the time. Okay. It was just like, hey, you live your lives, and then like sometimes we'll come and film. So we hung out like a couple times, several times, okay. where there were no cameras involved. Right. So it really just did feel like real life. And then, but every now and then they'd be like, oh, can we like film something? Okay. Or like if you have a date, like if you go on a date, like send us photos from it or something. Right. And is this supposed to be as like genuine as possible? Or did you uh, yeah. ever, like, okay. Yeah. I think it felt pretty genuine. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever like just stir up some shit to the ratings going? <laughs> oh, I, I don't think that far ahead because. I mean, the other thing is like, I, I failed at this, but I like, don't want to be a villain. <laughs> I don't okay. like causing controversy. Uh, I ended up doing that anyway, but like, I could not like. What made you do that? Do what? What made you um, make that decision? To break up with her? Yeah. I kind of just felt like I liked hanging out with her casually. Uh, we were having a good time, but like, I think the prospect of like a longer term future was like, there were a lot of factors going against it and I mm. didn't like that. So I just like, was like, okay, I guess I got to do this. Cause it ended up being to the point where she like wanted to get more serious. And I was like, right. I don't want to like do that and then like have to do- break up later eventually. You know? Yeah. Isn't that the purpose of the show that you find someone serious? Yeah. Yeah, but you you were like that's not her. Yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not like I wasn't like Yeah. not open to anything serious at all, but it's of course got to be the right person. And do you continue in the show after that's done or no? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Uh, how does that happen? Do they tell you like this is it? You're out. Uh, well, then I like ended up like meeting finding someone else outside the show. Oh, okay. And yeah. Okay. So there, there was nothing for me there in that moment. Did, did this person watch the show? She did watch the show later and she was very upset. Because <laughs> <laughs> like we were also breaking up at that time right. as the show was coming out too. And mm. so that was like extra drama on top of an already difficult situation. Yeah. Yeah. Did she, uh, is that person Indian too? No. She's white? Or yeah. What is she? Can we talk about that? Yeah, you can. You can talk about whatever. <laughs> what did your parents say to you dumping a, an Indian girl or a white person. I never told them about the Indian one because we weren't dating like that long. Oh, but they found out now, right? They still haven't watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. This is all just ridiculous stuff. That's so funny. My okay. uh, my cousin, who's like a little bit older, and she lives in the Bay around my parents, and my sister uh, watched the show. And my parents went to go visit my cousin with my sister, and they started talking about the show. And my mom just told my cousin, like, uh, yeah, I'm just too scared to watch it. I don't want to see anything inappropriate. And my cousin's like, yeah, like, I think you got to be, like, pretty open to be able to view this stuff. Right. Because there is, like, a scene where you can see me, like, kiss. And my parents think I'm a fucking virgin. Dude. Yeah, yeah. They think no, I'm a like, kiss virgin. That's parents. Is that with yeah. you, too? For sure, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, th- I thought I was the weird one for, like, not broaching the well, subject I'm with them. Well, I'm also Muslim, though. 
They're they're Hindu, which is okay. like it's still kind of very it's, traditional. I, okay, still so traditional. Would you say conservative or just traditional? What is the difference? What do you mean? Like conservative politically? Uh, religiously. Uh, well, actually, I, I see where where you got stuck. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> uh, for for us, uh, traditional would mean you know they they hold you to some like, social standards, but they don't actually practice the religion. Mm. Conservative, I would think of like way more religiously practicing. Oh yeah, no, they practice the religion. Okay. They're pretty devout. They're also, but they're like liberal in some things. Like my mom is like. They're cool with the gays now and stuff. Okay. They're just like not cool with me being gay. Probably. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there a big community, Indian community in San Francisco, or in the Bay Area where you grew up? Yeah, yeah. Right? There's a lot of Indian. Like my high school was like 95 percent Indian and Asian people. Wow. Four percent white, one percent other. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And all high achievers or what? Does the stereotype a like my my school? Out? Yeah, we sent like fifty kids from my high school each year go to Berkeley, which is where I went. Wow, yeah, it was pretty that's wild. That's so cool. Hmm, that's interesting. What about where? What about you? Well, I grew up in Copenhagen. Okay, yeah, we talked about that. Did we? Okay, a little bit at the picnic when we were oh, when right. we were lit as fuck. Yeah, the brown picnic. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so then it must have been at the end of Kurds. It. Oh man. Okay. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> no yeah, Kurd no. talk. Um, no, we can talk about that. Yeah. I, so my family is Kurdish from Turkey, and they all sort of my grandfather and loads of other men got work permits to come in the seventies when yeah. there weren't you know after Second World War there weren't enough people to work in the industry mm. in the growing European industry so. A lot of people came over to work in the factories yeah. in Pakistan and Turkey. So I grew up in a What year was that? In the 70s. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so my mom grew up in Denmark and I was born there. Yeah. But we grew up in neighborhoods with like majority people were people of color. Oh, cool. Um, like, so, you know, people from Turkey, Pakistan. And then there were loads of refugees that came in the 90s and early 2000s from Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran. Uh, Somalia, you know, wherever there was a war, basically, yeah. <laughs> people came. Because those, in those years, Denmark was still kind of like socialist and liberal, you know. Is it, it not still, anymore? Oh, no, it's like super right wing. Really? Oh, yeah, it's like bonkers Dang. crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. It's very right wing. Do they still have like, uh, like government, good government policies in terms of like healthcare? And, oh, like, yeah, and yeah. Good- it's as a welfare state, it's great. Okay. It's a beautiful place for white people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could be misremembering, but I think you, I remember you telling me that it was like also surprisingly racist there too. Very racist. In fact, they have like laws that are specifically for people who are non-Western living oh. in urban areas. What are, the, what are the laws? They call them ghettos, ghetto uh-huh. laws, legally called really? them ghetto laws. Oh. Like these people don't know European history clearly because yeah. ghetto in, I mean, Europe was obviously a problem, right? So mm-hmm. they literally call our neighborhoods ghettos because majority of people are of non-Western background and a lot of people and the rates of like welfare is higher mm. because a lot of people come as refugees, have come as refugees. So they are like, they have PTSD or they're like, yeah. not like they're still not capable of working. So they're on benefits, which yeah. makes sense. Right. Um, and in those areas, for instance, in any other area of Denmark, you can keep your child at home until the age of six, uh-huh. after which they start school. Okay. So you can have your kid at home. 
But in my neighborhood, you have to go to institution at the age of one. So you have to become institutionalized at the age of one so that this is ridiculous. You can learn about Danish culture, uh. like Christmas and Easter. Like it's so ridiculous, but these are things that are written in law now. What When you say institution, what do you mean? Like um, child care. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you can't just have your child at home and be like, I want to raise my kid at home, mm. my way, teach them about my culture, you know, oh, anything wow. like that. It's about learning Danish culture from the age of one. Right. Which okay. is ridiculous, right? It's like, that shouldn't be a thing. Sure. Kids learn when they enter school anyway. Yeah, like, for sure. We know about Danish culture. I just learned all of that from school. Sure. But, um, and then they have laws like, like they wanted to, they wanted to have uh, curfews starting mm. at 9 p.m. Just for... For the my people. neighborhood, yeah. Okay. It's like, that sounds like Nazi Germany. I mean, sounds yeah. Like what sounds, they did to the Jewish people, yeah. It does sound very strict and harsh. Yeah, that yeah. sounds ridiculous. Uh, like, why even let pe- people, refugees into your country if you're going to treat them like garbage? Right. And they, they let them in at a time where the governments were still not right-wing. How recently did it become right-wing? It's been, uh, you know, a lot has changed since like 9-11, right? So mm. Europe has increasingly become more... Sure. Uh, a lot of countries have, yeah. A lot of countries. And then in in since, I would say since mid-2000s, it's become increasingly more right. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of, um, that has spread throughout Europe, yeah. I would say. Definitely. Like populism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer, you, no one's anymore in the middle. It's like everyone's always... Populist and it's like, yeah. Same thing happened in India. India, yeah, yeah. for sure. America, yeah. America, UK, like like Brexit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of and Netherlands is super racist. I would oh. say Germany. Ironically, Germany is the one who is managing really well right now, being in the middle. Yeah, I feel like because they're all constantly apologetic, right? So like we, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> right, they don't want to say anything. Yeah, they might want to. They don't. They're not gonna say. Yeah, it. yeah. They do a good job of being really sorry about the thing they did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, like a lot of these fucking countries need to be sorry. Yeah, they fucked up yeah. a lot. But Germany is kind of just treated like that, the one who did the worst thing. It's like you know, like you know, if you have a, if you have a relative that oh. killed someone versus a relative that's like a real creep, it's the one that's <coughs> killed someone that you always talk about, right? right? Like. Like the creep just sort of just gets away with things, but it's oh, the like, one that's the murderer that's like always going to be. Do you have a story about? you want to tell? No. <laughs> like, just, this is this supposed to be relatable? <laughs> I'm just thinking how families are. Every family has a murderer. <laughs> I was trying to paint a picture here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, tell me about your first uh, hookah story. I don't remember. No, I think it might have been. It might have been in the Bay, but I think it might have also been in New York. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about that. Those are two very different. <laughs> you think about what? The family story. Yeah. <laughs> Those are not people in my family, by the way. I just yeah. want to emphasize that. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's for all the viewers. <laughs> I was actually listening to another podcast. Uh, I don't know when I was getting into that, but I was watching, you know, Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. He was doing a podcast. It was kind of like a, he was talking about his like, you know, he did a bunch of bad shit and right. then he went, he like really went into like rehab and AA and recovery, been sober for like a year and a half and talking, oh. like owning up to all the bad shit he did. But I think the host of 
the podcast, it's this actor, John Bernthal. He has like all sorts of people on it. He has, he's had like convicted felons. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Um, you know, then he has Shia LaBeouf. And he was talking about how like uh, Shia LaBeouf did stuff that was like, you know, bad to women. Okay. And, and he's also had murders on the podcast. And he was talking about the reception that people have of that where it's like, you know, if you, he was saying the opposite, like the dudes who like killed someone and served their time and they came out, we like celebrate that. But then when he came on, people still fucking hated him for what he did, you know? Right. And so I, it's kind of the opposite of what you were saying. I guess maybe. that's just more cancel culture more than anything, right? Did yeah. Shia LaBeouf serve his time? Serve any time for doing those things? To he, he actually addressed that too. He was like, I didn't go to jail because of, you know, the way racial dynamics and celebrity mm -hmm. play out in this country. You know, he's a, he's a white man right. uh, who has, you know, money and he can afford lawyers and stuff. And, you know, it's a, like a political thing. I'm sure. Yeah. He was saying like, you know, if you were a black man who did this to a white woman, like maybe he probably would have gone to jail. So that's a whole other layer. On he top was of talking it. about that himself. Yeah. It was like oh, pretty, wow, okay. pretty good self-awareness. Yeah. It was pretty woke, dude. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Shia LaBeouf. I'm dude. I'm team shy after this podcast. <laughs> it was it was very insightful, and he like apologized profusely right. and talked about the steps he was changing, making in his life to change. That's amazing. Yeah. And in meanwhile, you see people like Louis C.K. who all he, all he did was like yeah. take a year sabbatical and was like, <laughs> <laughs> just like lived his best life in his home, and then was like, yeah, I'm back, yeah. And, then, and then got a Grammy. Did he get a Grammy? Yeah, for his comedy. Isn't that crazy? I'm that, surprised the Grammy would the Grammys would do that. The Grammys are fucking stupid. <laughs> that is, it was wild because it was like it was almost like anti cancel culture move of the Grammys. You know? Yeah, <laughs> being like wow, like yeah, it was the whole thing was so bizarre. Like in in his special, he didn't even talk about. He didn't it. really talk about it. I also say this is cancel me now. Someone who got tickets to Louis in January <laughs> at MSG, I I still am like curious to see him live. But I was watching the last couple of specials and I was like, oh, he could have addressed it more and he could have been more remorseful in other situations. Mm. I really like the way Shia owned up to it, his stuff because no other dude did it in that way. Right. What would you, if Harvey Weinstein came out like Shia LaBeouf and, and said those things, how would you feel about that? I, I like, when I think about that kind of stuff, I like try to like, I struggle with like where I stand on the line between like redemption mm. and, um, rehabilitation right. versus like, you know, at what point do you like say no? And like with Harvey Weinstein, I mean, he's so old already and he's done so much stuff that I feel like, you know, he could spend the rest of his life doing that stuff. And I feel like it wouldn't be enough time. Mm. You know, he'd probably die by then. If he was a younger man and did it and maybe he did a lot of like soul searching and a lot of good for the world, you know, I could see that. Yeah. What do you, I, I don't know. How do you think about it? Yeah, I wonder. I am all for restorative justice, yeah. but in his case, is that what case, it's called? Restorative, restorative justice? justice. What does that mean? It means that you give you give people the ability to actually, you know, restore themselves, right? Ah. Like you, when you go to prison, it's not just going to prison to serve a sentence, yeah. but you actually become a, a you know a better person, essentially. Like you learn and you. Uh, so like not not punishing people for yeah. for their actions, but trying to help them through that. Do you, but the prison system, I feel like, doesn't do a good job of that at all. Not in this country. Uh, in other countries, oh, in Denmark, it does much better. Really? Yeah, Denmark for a lot of its flaws, those things it does really well because you can you go to prison and they they'll assess your mental oh, wow. health and they'll be like, okay, this person had all these things happen to them. Um, so they'll try to help them through like their mental health That's and, incredible. and try to give them jobs and try to like, 
uh, rehabilitate them in the system. That's so, incredible. So that when they're out, they're actually able to function in society. Yeah. So that that's one of the things that I appreciate a lot about Denmark is that they never think of people as just as lost cause. Yeah. Uh, whereas here, not only are you a lost cause, you're penalized for the le- rest of your life. Yeah, it's awful. Like the fact that you can't vote and you can't get a job and you can't like all of those things are just horrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's restorative justice. Okay. And so yeah. you're saying with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Do I think that I'd believe that he'd restore himself? Like I, I'm not sure. Yeah. It would take like, a long time. It would take a long time. I think in that case there should be other ways of, of making up for it. Like you know, did he start start a fund for? For women or victims, did he? Did he? You I know, don't think no, so. I don't think he did any of that. Did he just lost his company or what was it like? He lost some shit. But it was like that doesn't make it better for anyone. Yeah, there was no formal apology. There was no informal. Like we didn't see right. It's any just deny, kind of, deny, deny. Yeah, like with Bill Cosby. Yeah, absolutely. Those dudes just like all they did was like show up in court looking like shit, trying oh to God. win over sympathy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like sympathy for Harvey Weinstein. I don't know. I guess some people, I don't know if he had any supporters at all. I don't think so. I mean, he had lawyers. I'm sure they didn't yeah. like, didn't believe him. And it's, you know. And people distance themselves from him so quickly. Mm. So occasionally I go back and listen to all the Golden Globes acceptance speeches. Not mm. acceptance speeches, but the, the monologues. Oh, the monologues, yeah. I freaking love the monologues of the of the Golden Globes. Like the hosts and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always a comedian and they yep. always do such a fun time mm-hmm. like of of roasting people and it's it's I think it's so much fun. So I go back and listen to them and the number of times Harvey Weinstein's creepiness is mentioned, this is pre right. him being like outed. Like they knew all along. Yeah. And these are comedians and actors who make comments about Harvey Weinstein. Um, and then once that, you know, Pandora's box was open, yeah, everyone just distanced them, him, themselves from him. Like, yeah, they knew. I, I always tell people it's like so crazy how you can look at the same thing in two different ways. And I feel like as a society, just all of a sudden it was like whiplash where like right. you could see that before. And it was just like, oh, like Uncle Harvey being kind of creepy. Right. And then later it was like, oh, that's like really bad shit, you know, but yeah. like. I don't know how it happened. I'm sure there's going to be like great books and analysis on this later, but like, that's just like a crazy thing. Same thing with like yeah. the, the George Floyd stuff, you know? Right. Um, yeah. They just changed the way we like look at race. Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So we don't know about Harvey Weinstein. The jury's still out. <laughs> I thought, really? Is it? <laughs> Not literally, but <laughs> as in like, can he restore himself? You heard it here first, folks. Harvey Weinstein, we don't know if he did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant I mean we don't know if he got better okay. I don't think he got better no, I think he cares at all um, what kind of a you, the way you smoke your hookah you take one and then you give it pass it how, how should I be doing it like everyone hogs it a little bit oh I know I'm trying to be you know this is like your you hookah. can hold it a little bit oh, and okay. like Keep smoking a few times. Oh, okay. And then pass it over. Oh, you look like you wanted it. So. Why? Because I look at it? Yeah. No, I just like. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here you go. I've had my fun. <laughs> there was actually, the, we were talking with someone else about it before who also smokes a lot of hookah. Okay. And within her family. So if you're just talking and you're holding it without smoking, then the, then, you know, someone will say, oh, can you pass your microphone? Because. 
you're just holding it. You're not uh, smoking. Yeah. So that thing you're doing now, you're just holding and you're not smoking. That's a no go. Well, I, well I'm, tr- I'm waiting till I, I don't know when I'm supposed to respond or not because that's another thing. I'm doing a podcast. Dude. <laughs> that's okay. It's a part of the podcast. Anyone who listens would understand that there's a pause because you're smoking. Do you edit out those pauses ever? I don't. I think that the sound, I like the sound of the hookah. You know, that sound. I used to be able to do O's. Let me see if I, I can bring it back. Why are people so obsessed with that? I don't, I don't know. It's like a fun thing to do when you're 20. Yeah. I just want to see if I can do it again. Did you? Well, no, because I stopped to talk. Okay, let's <laughs> see you do it. was a long pause. <laughs> let's see you do it. Happening. Yeah, that yeah. was that was good. Yeah. I didn't can, know how to do it. Really? Yeah. But all those years of me smoking, I've never tried. You never tried to act like a 17-year-old no. brown fuckboy? boy. 14, 14 <laughs> even. Yeah. No, I never wanted to be one of those people. So it's funny sometimes like I'll go on like Insta or TikTok and I'll see like brown boy memes and that's like <laughs> that's thing. day one or yeah. what? Yeah. I was like, I guess I, I fit that stereotype sometimes. <laughs> all right. So uh, we talked about Indian matchmaking. That's that was a dating life. <laughs> that was the dating life portion of this podcast. Yeah, this, this podcast got real serious. <laughs> How often do you end up talking about restorative justice? They're like every single time. <laughs> Surprisingly too often. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think every time someone's on the podcast, we start with the light topics, but it gets dark really fast. I don't even think we started on a light topic. We started by shitting on doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of light. It's okay. They can take it. I like I like like serious talks too. Whenever I go on like podcasts with comedians though, my my MO is like I always end up talking about serious shit real fast. I'm like, oh no, I'm ruining your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah, I definitely do that a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's just who we are. There's just that's too true. much. That's true. There's just too much there to talk about. Yeah, we, we And who's going to <laughs> we went to a, a comedian picnic and got super drunk and ended up talking about genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That was a fun. That was a fun event, the brown people picnic. Yeah, looked like a Rutgers reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I met like a lot of cool people that day too. Yeah. It was nice. So, do you feel like the brown community here in comedy has been um, receptive to you, inclusive? How how does that feel, dude? Actually, very much so. Okay. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, not only in comedy, but just like the brown community in New York, I'm like very. Uh, I've been like integrating it more into it lately and I feel like I'm just so impressed by like the quality of people because everyone's like has a great day job but is also like hustling a lot outside of it mm. doing a ton of stuff and they're also very supportive of each other like you see on social media like people supporting each other and I'm trying to do that for other people too I'm like oh if I'm doing this show like swing by I'll try to intro right. you to the people you know and I feel like it's a good thing that we have here yeah absolutely I, I do feel it's weird coming from the outside as someone who's, you know, like not traditionally brown or not fr- from this country. Yeah. Then it feels a bit interesting. Diff- I think that's really, yeah. I feel like you're pretty locked in. I feel that way now. Yeah. It took a, it took a lot longer, I think. Really? Yeah, also because I'm like impatient and um, social. Mm. So I like those things to happen fast. Oh yeah. Know? No, for sure. Like, when I like a person, I'm just like, all right, this is my friend now. Yeah. My friend. But, you know, not everyone feels that way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it takes longer. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of felt impatient at first and my reaction was not to like pursue it further, but it was just like to like pull back, you know, because I was like, 
And then I felt bad that I wasn't like doing it more. So then mm. I just, again, I f- tried to humble myself and I was just like, all right, like let me make one friend at a time. You yeah. know, that's what I like the most is not even like success in the, the craft, but I mean, it's good to have, but also just like the friendship and the community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think eventually that's what I did as well. Yeah. So like one or two people that I liked and those were the ones that I would, those are the friendships I pursued and then everything else came together. Yeah. After. That's good. Actually, it's funny because with Sabine, um, I knew she was Muslim and I know she was practicing. So when Ramadan was happening, mm. uh, I was like, hey, should we do a dinner? Because you know, <laughs> I'm away from my family and my community. It'd be nice to do like a Ramadan thing, uh-huh. um, even though I'm not practicing at all. So, And then uh, we organized one with other comics. Cool. So that was fun. Yeah. Because then like other comics that we knew as Muslim or like their friends who were not Muslim, but came and joined and we had a really nice dinner so yeah. that kind of like solidified some of those friendships i thought that's good yeah. yeah it's good to find those like non-comedy things that you can yeah. bond over so you have like a real connection absolutely yeah like i met katie boyle at that dinner because she was friends with loads of the other people uh-huh. that's literally where i met her and that was during ramadan and now she's one of my closest friends in comedy Aww. here Aww. i love friendship <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that's a good way to go about it right because sometimes in those comedy spaces people get a bit competitive with each other they it dynamics are a bit different than if you're just doing actual real human stuff yeah and then you go back to the comedy stuff and you're genuinely genuinely supportive of each other because you're like oh that's my friend i want them to succeed yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah did you start have you found that yet slowly uh, you're still in the market should we do like an Indian matchmaking okay, thing? But, but for <laughs> friends, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, definitely like, uh, I feel like my thing is like a dude in my 20s is like going out with other dudes and like drinking uh, is a good way to bond, you know? Yeah, I can see that. So uh, definitely got some some homies from that. And a lot of other people from the Bay too, I like hanging out with. There's okay. like now at this point, probably like 30 really people from the wow. Bay Area who are out here and we all like, you know, kind of sync up a little bit. So, and I try to go out of my way to like, if there is an event, even if I'm like super busy or I don't want to go, I'm like, okay, I will go just to like see these people because they, they're like good people and it's good right. to like, foster those relationships for sure yeah you mean like comedy events or just like non-comedy you know, events non-comedy yeah if there's ever one i'm like oh i should go to yeah. that you know yeah yeah i'm i'm very pro organizing one-on-one things with people oh really yeah that's why the podcast made also so much sense to me because yeah. i like talking to people and and you know just talking one-on-one yeah. without the stress of being in in this like social setting yeah you know? i like so one thing i've struggled with in new york is like this city is like go, go, go. Mm. And you want to like see people, but you don't have time to see everybody. So I end up like seeing people at like social events and drinking events, but it ends up, you don't get to have those conversations right. that you used to like really connect with people. Yeah. So I miss having like deep talks with people, but it's hard to find time. Yeah. There you go. Podcast time. That's <laughs> how you do it. I'll get people on, on our podcast. <laughs> it's funny. Cause you know, I, I was selling this to someone else on the podcast, I think. Uh, in the UK, I had I, there was this one co- uh, hookah place that I would go to all the time, just with my laptop and do work and cool. smoke hookah. And then, like during the day, like in the evening when okay. I needed to do work, so there, then I would go um, if I didn't want to like sit at home and do work. Yeah. And I had loads of um, guy friends. Like mostly, I've always had more guy friends than female friends. Mm, why and is that? I don't know. I think it's because I grew up with with like I have three brothers. Oh. Mostly, I had like 
boy cousins my age yeah so i was just like way more comfortable with with that energy and then um less drama yeah you know less analyzing yeah because guys are just stupid and they're like they think they think they say what they think yeah like there's not too many layers yeah. with women there are far too many layers i i will say this i have i it ends up that most of my friends end up being women which is like good when i want to talk about my emotions because i'm yeah. like an emotional boy <laughs> but then sometimes i get so stressed out and anxious because <laughs> of all the layers so I'm gonna, like actually try to kick it with guys more because i'm like we can just talk about like fucking drinking and girls. <laughs> I don't got to think too hard about it. Exactly. <laughs> and because I didn't want to share a lot of myself, I felt like guys mm, were like yeah. easy because they're never going to ask you questions no. about like, so how are you feeling? and How, how are things going? <laughs> That's like, a loaded question. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's so loaded. Yeah. That's why therapists always ask you that on the yeah. first meeting. Like, how are you feeling? I'm, you know, a, I'm in therapy. How do right. you think I'm feeling? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because guys don't ask that. They're yeah. like, oh, what's up? And then they'll, you know, if you, let's say you're dating someone and you ended things, they'll be like, okay, cool. All right. So yeah. what happened? Right. Whereas women will be like, how does that make you feel? Or right. what did you think? Yeah. And what's next? And that's just too much. So with the guys, it was just always so much easier. Yep. But then sometimes I wanted them to open up. Mm. Right. Because I still want to know. Yeah what's inside of them like i care about the people sure they are on the inside but they keep that covered so even if you ask even if you ask so oh wow you know, if you because a lot of their events is like drinking like sky yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's, like, it's events it's like oh let's meet at the bar and then the music's really loud and they're getting shit faced and yeah. you're not having a real conversation nothing yeah. genuine is happening you gotta know what you're walking into exactly in that, yeah. yeah so what i would do if they were like you want to hang out be like hey come to the hookah place I'm just sitting here with my hookah. And, and that's an event. Right. right. That's like, oh, it's like going to a bar, but it's going to a hookah place. And you're, they're do, you, do they drink hookah. when they're there or no? No, it's hookah. You smoke hookah. And yeah. they we're talking. And that way, I could really open them up. Because mm. hookah really does that to you. Yeah. You get to just sit there and talk and open up. I love yeah. that. I've been thinking lately, like, I need, I don't like drinking, you know, Sunday to Thursday, really. Sunday to Wednesday for sure. And, but I still like want to go on dates or like if I want to meet up with someone, the the thing to do is still go to a bar, you know, and right. I want to drink. So I, if I could go to a hookah bar and I, I feel like hookah bars in the U S except like they still encourage you to like drink or whatever. So I need to find a spot that you need to go to Queens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to go to Queens. <laughs> you live in Brooklyn. It's not that far. Right. Queens is like an hour plus from me. With public transport. Though. Yeah. Cause I, end, I have to end up going through Manhattan I take the yellow line. That's okay. Yeah. 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 That's a nightmare. Yeah. It's awful. Cause for me, Queens is like 30 just, minutes yeah. with the bus. Yeah. That's it. That's so nice. But Queens is nice. It has, you know, Steinway street has all the hookah bars uh, they have, and they don't serve alcohol in a lot of them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I think you can bring your own even, but I don't yeah. need that in my life. See? Yeah. You just go, you have your hookah, you have some tea. That's it. Oh, tea is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You yeah. like tea? I, of course. Such a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I never said try, dude. <laughs> okay, so what kind of tea? Herbal tea. Herbal tea. Yeah, I love my, herbal tea. My least favorite kind of tea. Mm. It tastes like medicine. No, it doesn't. Get like a nice flavor, like pepper. lemon or yeah, pepper. Lemon tastes like medicine. Okay, blueberry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, all, you know, they all taste like, you know what? They all remind me of blueberry, lemon, of hand soap. 
What? Detergent. Are you drinking Hanso? <laughs> I've never heard this before. No one doesn't like herbal tea. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Wow. I All guess right. black tea. Black tea. Nah, I'm not a, I'll drink black tea every now and then, but I'll just drink coffee in the morning if I want right. something with caffeine. Yeah, like I mentioned to you before, I just never stopped drinking caffeine. Yeah, ever. no, I, I don't get that. I drink black tea before going to bed. What time do you oh, What time do you go to bed <laughs> or what time do you wake up? I go to bed around like 2 and I wake up usually around 8. Are you dead all the time? I don't sleep that much. I 5 hours is like I can go pretty well on 5 hours. Are you like tired when you wake up? I mean, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's fine. I'm never rested. But even if I sleep in, I'm so never that's, rested. That's not a normal thing. I, it's it's <laughs> been my norm since high school, so it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I really, I used to be like that. And then after college, I was still kind of like that. And then during the pandemic, I read this book called Why We Sleep. Mm. And it like scared me into sleeping. Right. So now I'm like, oh, I need to get like nine hours yeah. or I'm going to die and get dementia tomorrow. Yeah, and so. the worst thing is I literally studied dementia, so. Really? Yeah. My, so you know this. My, my entire PhD was about brain disease, age-related brain diseases. It, I studied how dementia. related to sleep? Yeah, like sleep is such a big factor. If you don't sleep well, you get yeah. all those protein aggregates in your brain. Yeah, um, so you know this. I know this. I studied those <laughs> aggregates, but still, like, you know, I just have never been able to sleep that much. Because you're drinking caffeine at like 11 I've p.m. I've had a period in my life where I cut out all caffeine. How'd that go? I still had insomnia. I think it takes – well, you also need to work on your sleep hygiene too. Yeah. I did all of that. I went through that whole phase. Like I was getting light therapy. I was mm. getting all of that. Still had insomnia. I, you, had, I started having insomnia at the age of six. I was not drinking coffee or tea then. What, so what, how does what, your insomnia manifest? Are you like thinking about things or what's going on? Yeah. I just think. just keep thinking and yeah. it's just like I just can't turn off. And I also recently realized that I have ADHD. Oh, you do? Yeah. But Did I'm you get diagnosed? Self-diagnosed. <laughs> ah, I got an ADHD evaluation the other week. Yeah. And she told me, I don't have, she was like, you might have had it when you were younger, but you don't have it at a level now where I can diagnose you. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just at a level where it's not, because I'm, I am, I would consider myself high functioning. So it's never yeah, affected. Yeah, for sure. Right. So it's like never affected. I think it's been kind of good for me as well in some ways because when I'm reading and I'm thinking about things, things are going so fast. And yeah. I'm like creating so many ideas, generating ideas so fast. Yeah, for sure. That's good. But that's also that also means at a re- regular level, I'm also on way more. Yeah. Like just when I need to not be on. Like, like at it, night and stuff. At night when I'm watching something, when, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm listening to a lecture, I just can't. Like, audio, like audiobooks, I can't. Podcasts, listening to a podcast while just walking on the street. It's just too slow. The podcast is slow? Put it on 2X. Things are slow. Uh, Like that movement. So I have to be on a run to enjoy a podcast. Interesting. It's really weird. Yeah. Do you put it on like 1.5X or 2X speed? I never do that. You should should do that. that. I feel like you'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. I should do that. I listen to things on like 1.5 usually. Yeah. Because when I listen to a lecture, I never do one. It's always 1.5 or 7.5. Yeah. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it more. Look at you. Yeah. Are you the host of the show now? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to I feel to like offer. I've been talking and you've just been listening to me. We've sort of inverse Literally, roles now. I, th- I have this problem. Like whenever I do other people's podcasts, I have this problem where I ask them questions. They're like, you know, no one's ever asked me a question on this podcast before. I'm like, yeah. Because uh, I, I feel weird having the spotlight on me. So I always like try to throw it back when I oh, can. Really? Yeah. 
I know, weird being a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> we literally crave the spotlight. I think that's why I do that is because like I have that need, but I get it fulfilled in a controlled way. So, but then in the rest of my life, I'm still like anxious about it. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, wow. yeah, okay. it's weird. Hmm. You ever think about that? No. No. No, I like the stage. I like being on stage. Do you like you like being on stage? Oh, I love being on stage. Right. Do you ever yeah. get nervous? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I will get nervous if I haven't performed in like a day or it's like an important show or like I want someone who's never seen me before to, for me to do really well. Right. It's usually counterproductive though, you know, cause then I'm always like craving that. Like I want the first joke to hit really hard. And if it right. doesn't for whatever reason, it could just be the situation that I'm, I get even more nervous and I'm, instead of being cool and calm and collected. Mm. I don't know, what about you? Yeah. I don't, unless the stakes are high, I don't really get nervous. Yep. And when the first joke doesn't hit, usually I just like ramp up my energy. Mm. Then I know it's like internal. Because mm. that first joke should land. So I know yeah. if it doesn't land, it's to do with how I deliver. It's how I usually yeah. think about yes, it. Yes, that's a great point. I'm not the kind of person who would blame the audience. Because I think that's unfair to the audience. I think like that's, you, we bring in so much yeah. to the to the show. Like yeah. our energy, how we say things and just if you're if you have one of those days where you have low energy that reflects so quickly so if my first joke doesn't land well i don't try to bl i don't blame the audience i just go okay what can i do it's just well, like so quick you know what it is like if the first joke doesn't land and i'm already nervous i'm thinking oh i delivered it badly because i'm nervous and now i'm like acknowledging my own nervousness oh, gosh, and then okay. i like get into that trap and then the next joke i'm like uh and then you can see it on my face a little bit so, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, something that someone told me once that what? really helped me with my performance skills mm. was um, before going on stage, if you think no matter what happens, this audience is going to get to experience me. Uh, no matter how I do, I'm going to do the best that I can do to get them to experience me. And whatever I, format that is. Like a, just, even if it's a bad version of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that really helped me a lot because then I would go up and be like, I don't need to care about who sits in the audience, why mm -hmm. they're here. I'm just going to give them the best Johnson experience that they get. Mm. So then, that's a, that's a good point. It's a fun way of going into it. You know what I do? Maybe this is not healthy. I always think to myself, I'm going to bomb. And then the, <laughs> I, the best sets, I mean, the sets usually go better if I just think I'm going to bomb because I accept the worst case scenario. I see. And I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going to bomb. You, know? you sound like such a New Yorker right now. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know how New Yorkers always come on stage, they're super jaded. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, fuck you, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't understand those people who go on stage and they're like, you don't deserve my good jokes. I'm going to give you bad jokes. Oh, I'm going to give you no, new I, shit. I, I don't like that. No, no I'm, not I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying you're that. Dad, yeah. But you know that energy? No, yes, I agree. Yeah. No, I like to think of this as like a Buddhist philosophy where <laughs> the Buddha's like, so, uh, expectation is the root of all suffering. So let me set the expectations through the floor for me. Right. And then we'll be okay. I would say, don't Buddhists talk a lot about manifesting? Like you have to no, that's white woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is it Hindus? You're Hindu, right? No, no, I don't. Manifesting is not like a thing, I think, in any of these Eastern really? religions at all, right? No, it's just like... Like good energy? It, no, good... it's just like frou-frou, new agey, oh, like okay. white... Okay, so it's just white women then. It, okay. <laughs> it's like Eckhart Tolle, that kind of shit. Okay. I don't... I don't know, wherever this crystal shit came from, <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Let's not give white women too much credit here. I, okay. uh, <laughs> you're right. They probably stole it from some brown woman, just like a white woman. Yeah, I don't think crystals exist here. In New York? 
as in in like the Western world. No, you ever see like you know like crystal girls, girls who are like oh I, I know, yeah, but what is where, that shit? where did those crystals come from? I don't know. I feel like they probably came from like some some places in Africa. That's what I'm. That's uh, what I'm thinking. Of. Like that, those like precious stones. They're not even precious. They have, they're like super cheap, aren't they? I, I don't know. Yeah, they're like a dollar. And this woman's okay. like, this is going to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> like rub it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Still put out good energy. To manifest good energy, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I so do you think, think that. this show's going to be fucking bomb. I guess the bomb. Not, I'm not going to bomb. Uh, yeah. I see your <laughs> I see your point. It's like you got to come in with positive energy. But I, I, I think for me, I still come in with a positive energy, but I'm also okay if it goes badly right uh, yeah. that's the problem it's just like <laughs> <laughs> for those that didn't see <laughs> i hit my own face <laughs> yeah it's a combination of both it is a comedy yeah i like i like to just i don't know i don't i don't feel like i bombed that much anymore like i no. actually never really bombed until i came to the u.s really yeah our and british I- audience is like very attentive nice whatever i think both yeah and they um with the kind of humor i did there it was more like storytelling so mm-hmm. you know you just have a story you tell jokes throughout the story right so but they're not they're far less anxious about the joke because they know it's coming i've i have heard that about british comedy where like you know it could you could still have a good set and you could tell a five minute story and not have the punchline until the end because yeah. people are more patient there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People are far more patient. I wouldn't say that's my style. Like I still do. It's like joke heavy, but it wouldn't be like, you know, here I've heard people say, how many jokes can you tell per minute? Yeah. Oh, that's it's a like, big thing in America. Yeah. That's so capitalist. Yeah. In essence, right? That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, that's not how I think about it. It's like a joke should come. You should have a. And a strong opening joke, and mm. then you can tell a story, and then you should have a big finish. Yeah. Right? But people definitely don't see it that way. Yeah. yeah. I think once you get your own audience, people are more patient because they know yeah. you. But if you're a stranger, people don't have the patience here, which yeah. is – I don't know why or how this happened. It's just the way it developed. Yeah. And I've sort of adapted to that now, but it didn't come natural at first. Yeah. I am definitely – like my setups are – longer than they should be and i'm very lazy about cutting it down but i also am like i am not i'm a verbose person okay and it just would not be natural for me to be like super have like really tight word economy so oh, i don't okay. know verbose yeah Is that what you said? yeah never heard that word before. verbose like i just yeah. use a lot of words oh, it came okay. from uh it came from english class in high school where you had to meet like a, a word count requirement. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> really? that would just translates to the way I talk. I take my sweet time. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I think, uh, yeah, with, with comedy, you're supposed to be as, as, like the jokes are supposed to be really tight now, right? Yeah. Especially, I, I feel like with one-liner jokes, you really get to work on that. Yeah. To make it as tight as possible. Yeah. That, that ain't me. That ain't me. Who the fuck cares? You just, yeah. you're, you're doing it because you want to have fun. Exactly. So you do it your way. And I think like eventually you end up finding your audience. Absolutely. And that's what I've been learning too. Like I've been trying to like TikTok a little bit. I don't know if you social mm-hmm. media, but like the big thing on TikTok is like, can you get things to be as short as possible? Because right. people have seven second attention spans. Mm-hmm. And that's also the way the algorithm works is like yeah. it rewards how much people watch of your video. That's crazy. Yeah. And have you managed I'm learning. I'm, okay. I'm slowly, I think getting better, but it's like it, 
I'm not like other people where I'm like, I'll just like do stuff. I like will do stuff, but also like learn the details of it. I'm very, it's my engineering brain being like, I'm going to like figure out the system. I'm going to optimize. I'm going to optimize. <laughs> yeah. You get it. Yeah, for sure. I actually said that on the show too. People gave me shit where uh, after we broke up, they were like, I had to do like an interview to the camera. And I was like, well, I was just, I was trying to do this in a way that optimized for her feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and I got some shit for that. Really? Why? I think that's such a rational way of thinking about it. I actually got shit for it from my friends who are software engineers. <laughs> and they're like, dude, what are you, <laughs> like, this, this is just me, guys. Like, you're just coding her, <laughs> yeah. like making the code shorter and shorter. Yeah. That's crazy. So you, one more question about Indian matchmaking. What yeah. made you fly out to break up instead of just so i actually she was already in california and like she was there for the month and i already called her a couple times over facetime to discuss breaking up and then i told the show i was like hey we're breaking up the producers and they were like oh like they were like jackpot (laughs) i don't know but yeah i don't know what their feelings were they were like so I think we sh- you should do it in person and we should film it. I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like we already did that. I don't know. If- mm-hmm. And they were like, well, if you don't come out here, you're not going to be able to tell your side of the story. I was like, yo, are you the fucking godfather? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a threat. <laughs> and so, then your side of the story didn't end up being good anyway, right? Or what? I, oh, no, I, you you went out. Yeah, that was the I, part they didn't want. Or what? They I, didn't want you to fly out. They did want me to fly out. They did. They okay. did want me to fly out and tell, okay. do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the show was in California. Was no, it thing? was just, it's all over, but she oh, okay. was in California for the month. I see. Okay. And so they're like, oh, come meet her and do it there. And have you guys talked about it since? Like, have you had, she, like, so after record? the breakup, she didn't talk to me for six months. Oh, wow. Uh, I kept reaching out a few times and I felt bad. And I was like, hey, like, let me know if you want to apologize for anything. I feel bad, you know? I always feel apologetic after a breakup or a relationship. I don't know why. Because it's always your fault? Is that what it Not is? Not <laughs> even if it's my fault. Sometimes it's like the other person's fault, but I'm still apologetic. Right. I think it's just me. But then after the show came out, like I reached out to her. Cause she was, I saw she was getting some hate online. Oh. And I was like, hey, just want you to know, I'm on your side. Like, let me know if you need anything. And I think she appreciated that. And she like hit me back. She's like, hey, thanks for reaching out. Like, I'm over it. We're good now. Thank you. And so we've been, kind of been able to be friends okay. since then. Cool. Yeah. And is she dating someone else? You're I haven't asked. Say? I don't really. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know. Is that how much you stay friends with your exes? It's like just friendly, but not friends. I think that's a good level. Okay. Like, especially like the longer it's been, I'm down to be more friends. But it's also like, you know, I've changed. You've changed. We're probably not in the same area. Maybe I'll like chat with you on FaceTime once a year to check in. But like, I don't need to be like friends. Right. We can be. I'm not open to it, but it just hasn't happened. I see. I think that's my level too. Yeah. Friendly, but definitely not friends. Definitely like, not friends. Definitely not friends. Okay. Why? I don't know anything about your dating life. Yeah. This is not about me. It's okay. about you. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's <laughs> not get into that yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. For me, that's, that's how it is. It's yeah. like friendly, but not friends. Okay. Like always down to get a cup of coffee. Right. But not going to like engage anything more. Like that. what? What do you mean? Like, I don't want to know about their lives. I don't want to know about their dating lives. So what do you talk about during this cup of coffee? Just, well, you know, you talk Philosophy, about it. Philosophy, <laughs> justice, genocide. neuroscience. <laughs> yeah, genocide. <laughs> you talk about, you talk about, you can talk about relationship, but like superficially. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like help you. 
oh no i don't want to help you, know, you but you like know? i yeah like after a while i'll be like oh like are you dating someone cool how's it going whatever move on to the like, next topic we're friends but i'm not gonna help you move okay we're friends but i'm not gonna take you to the airport yeah, for- <laughs> you know like that level <laughs> right right you're not like the the closest like oh, a good friend, ask, yeah. ask another friend yeah. ask your yeah so but your current relationship is going well Right? No, I'm not in a relationship. What? I thought I told you. We, uh, okay. The, so the one I dated after that, we ended up breaking up. Oh. Uh, yeah. Because of the show or what? Um, you said there was we a big already, fight, but we, I, you didn't say that. We were already in the process of breaking up, and oh, but like talking about like, you know, should we break up? Should we stay together? And then the show came out, and that only made the discussions more emotional. So that was even harder. And so now you're on the market. Yeah. And fuckboys get a lot of attention. So do, do, you, do you find that? Are do women they get reaching, attention? Are women reaching out to you a lot now? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Like it is funny on dating apps sometimes. Like if someone – every now and then someone will know me from the show and I'm like, oh, like do you want to like meet up? And they're like, not after what you did to Nadia. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, like damn, all right. <laughs> like you – you can't be the worst of the guys out there. No, I don't. I definitely don't. Like think half that. of them just disappear anyway. Yeah, I think people feel like they can. Some people feel like they have the audacity that they can say anything you want to someone on a show if you meet them in real life because they still view you as a character. Yeah, a lot of people are very nice. Yeah, uh, sometimes I'll go out and like it's always a girl. We'll mm-hmm. say some like dickish shit, and I'm like, this is kind of this is actually kind of mean, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so. I'm sorry. That it's not that big bad. of a deal. Okay. Yeah. Because that, I think it's the whole uh, main, being mainstream and people think they can just cancel you in real life, right? Yeah. Even though you were just, you know, on the show having a real relationship with someone. Yeah. It's I don't even think weird. they're trying to cancel me so much as like they're trying to like boost their own egos. Right. It's a good story to be like, oh, I met this guy from that I saw on TV and I was a dick to him. And they're right. so like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's less fun to be like, Oh, I met him and he was like a nice dude. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. I do have a lot of Indian friends, so I'll see what they're saying about you. Yeah. They, I don't know. Some, some will be like, Oh, they watch the nice. show. So they, they'll know who you are. I feel like it'll be a pretty 50, 50 split of like, they'll be like, Oh, cool. And other people will be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> so let me know. You don't want to know. I don't want to know. You do. Or I you do want to know. Oh, you do want to yeah, know. Okay. Why not? Oh, okay. I'm doing market research <laughs> <laughs> for the next project. Yeah, the next. <laughs> I want to know what the the woman think about me. So, what's the future for you now? Oh, I don't know. Same shit. You know, just keep doing comedy, uh, dating. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just same same shit as you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just living New York. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you doing any? Do you produce any shows? Or I'm producing my first show finally at the so the first one is at the end of October. Cool. It was nice too. Like I don't I don't really like I haven't really gotten opportunities from doing the show, but like this show, like the person who works at the place that I'm doing it at, like I think saw me on the show and then found me on Insta and was like, hey, like we do a lot of events at our space. Like, do you want to produce a show? And I was like, I do actually want to produce a show. So, oh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. What space is it? Do you want to tell? Do you want to plug it? Do you want to tell anybody? Um, I forgot the name it's, of the people who listen to <laughs> it's, this. Uh, it's uh, a department store in the Lower East Side. It's called um, Something Fields. What is your show called? Little Fields. No, no, Something Fields. 
something fields. Uh, this is a bad look, but <laughs> I, I'm still in the process of bringing it all out. You haven't? Do you have a show name or a show yeah, page? Yeah, I think I think the branding is going to be. I'm going to call it the No Two Show. And the idea is like no two comics on the lineup are like the same, you know. So it's not a show where I'm like every guy is a fucking straight white dude because I feel mm-hmm. like I see a lot of that. So I'm trying to get like a lot of diversity and like gender, sexuality, ethnicity, age, right. uh, occupation, background. That's cool. Yeah. Occupation should just be comedy, no? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or like former occupation right. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Yeah. I actually uh, run a, starting a similar show at QED called Diversity Hire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone is a token, essentially. (laughs) That's that's incredible. Yeah. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. All right. We'll put each other on each other's shows. Absolutely. (laughs) So where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at at Vishal.cal. Why'd you smile? I feel so (laughs) weird saying it, but you asked me the question. I smile just because of how you said it. Yeah. How did I say it? (laughs) It was like a commercial. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have, I do just do that voice sometimes in my life. Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have that accent. Instagram and TikTok. What was that? Was that, that, was your, that was the way you said it. Yeah, that was that was a, a Cockney accent. Oh, I definitely don't sound Cockney. It, it, I don't know. If, the way you said Instagram, it was a little Cockney. <laughs> okay, I don't know. A little bit of British always like gets in there because I lived there for like six right, years. Right, 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 so, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, next you're going to be like, me and my family, yeah, we're from <laughs> London, innit? Yeah, I love doing accents. It's funny. I'm really bad at accents. Really? I like doing them, but I'm really You're doing bad one at right them. now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was racist. <laughs> it was. Oh, uh, yeah, that's just how I talk. Yeah, I know. It's not an accent. But I okay. know. But yeah, Michelle, it was so nice to have you on. Thank you. This like was fun. This was a good conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't say exactly what it was. <laughs> I remember restorative justice. That's my takeaway <laughs> is to Google this later. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And whether, whether Harvey Weinstein can ever be, uh, can ever redeem himself. Yeah. We talked about that. Just remember the jury's still out. We don't know if he did it or not. I don't know. <laughs> that is not what I meant. Uh, yeah. Okay. I've been John Sue. You can follow me on C-A-N-S-U-D-I-S-D-A-T on Instagram. And I'm also on TikTok. Um, <laughs> not doing so well, so please like those reels. <laughs> and you can follow the podcast on Let's Hookah podcast on Instagram. Please join my Patreon and listen to all the episodes. Rate, comment, and follow Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me.